Welcome to another Light Reading podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I am an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kovis Vanemova. I am a professor in the School of Computing at the University of Utah, and I'm the, the PI and the director of the, the Powder Platform. Excellent. Kovis, thanks so much for, uh, for having the Powder Open Day. Uh, yeah. You've been doing a lot of talking today, so I really <laughs> appreciate right. <laughs> you, put, you putting up with one more, uh, one more bit of talking. Um, so let's, let's start from the beginning. I guess that's the best uh, place for this. Uh, in case people don't know what the Powder platform is, uh, can you give us a quick overview of what it is and why it's such a unique platform? Yeah, so let me uh, start by saying uh, it's a National Science Foundation funded uh, research platform. It, it's part of the uh, NSF Power Program platform for advanced wireless research. Right. Uh, we were we're one of four platforms at this point. We're we're uh, one of the first two that were uh, funded by NSF. Mm -hmm. um, we are uh, in uh, Salt Lake City on the campus of the University of Utah. Um, and, and our uh, goal is, is really to provide a uh, open, uh, highly flexible uh, research and development platform. Uh, we think of it as a sort of a you know, Lego building block based approach, hardware mm -hmm. and software building blocks uh, that can be combined to, uh, to do research, to do development with. Uh, we have a strong push uh, towards doing enabling academic research uh, as an NSF-funded um, platform. That's, that's a big part of what, what we're about. Mm -hmm. um, but we also have a, uh, a specific angle on um, providing uh, more on the industry side uh, capabilities and features that would be of inter in interest to, to industry players, uh, stakeholders uh, in, this, uh, in this broad ecosystem, so to speak. Yeah, that's what was remarkable about, uh, one of the remarkable things about the gathering today is that there were tested measurement vendors, 5G equipment vendors, uh, service providers, network operators, uh, a real uh, a real broad uh, spectrum of interest in, I don't know if I should say spectrum, but a <laughs> <laughs> spectrum is a bit lots of here. interest <laughs> in, the, uh, in the platform from various places in the industry, Come, right. you know, everybody coming at it from a slightly different yeah, point exactly. of view. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's been talked about, you know, obviously you've got 5G capabilities, and you, and what is the significance though of the fact that every component end to end in the network is open source? Yeah, so that's that's really important for us, uh, specifically to enable more fundamental or academic research. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, the the way I think of it is, even if you're doing uh, 6G research, right? You're, it's not like you start with a clean slate, right. right? You start with something you have and you kind of extend that, modify that, uh, tune that to make it into the next thing. And, and the open source is really critical for that whole process. Mm. Um, and yeah, so, so we, uh, we try to make use of a lot of the open source stacks that are available in this in this space. Mm -hmm. And then we try to uh, make that work in the infrastructure that we have, and we try to kind of package that up into, we call it profiles, but you know, we, you can sort of think of it as 
um, ready-to-run recipes for these okay. things uh, so that yeah. users can come in and they say, oh, yeah, yeah I, I want this one, select that, run it, and, and there you go. Now you can sort of start building on top of that. But the open source part, just to go, go back to your question, that, that's really critical, right? Mm -hmm. Because if, if, if you only have uh, binaries, um, there's only so much you can do, right? You can you can twiddle with the configuration, and, and right. yeah, you can do interesting work with that, but if you want to do real, uh, get into the fundamental bits and pieces here, you, you need access to, to, you need to be able to modify yeah. uh, the whole stack. Well, and I, I took away from this too that, that the the end-to-end -end nature of it allows, uh, let's say an equipment vendor who's wanting to test a particular thing in the network uh, to come in with whatever they're using and put it in place, and then everything else will plug in around it. Right. So, so we have, especially on the on, on the non-academic side, this notion of bring your own device, bring your own software. And and maybe that just looks like, well, you're going to use our the fiber in the ground and the rooftop locations that we have. Uh, but oftentimes, especially as things become more software-driven, uh, well, they make use of the compute platforms that we already have available. And it's a matter of... Uh, bringing their software, and then yeah, we integrate it with the rest uh, of the infrastructure, and so so you can sort of bootstrap that experiment, for lack of better terminology, very very rapidly. And, and this is again, this is something that we we put a lot of uh, thinking into. How do we make that? How do we make that uh, feasible? Now, if uh, uh, you know, I noticed that there were operators here, T-Mobile, AT and T, and some others I've, I've talked to in the. Uh, 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 that were attending this uh, uh, showcase today. What those companies already have five G networks. What are what are they doing here? What types of work are you doing uh, w with those operators? Yeah, no, good question. Um, I mean, we we have uh, other than our five G and and I, I want to say five G and beyond, right? I mean, I right. uh, we, yeah, uh, yeah. enabling the the broader uh, angle there, but we have yeah. a specific push on. Uh, Open RAN, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, an exciting, uh, interesting development in, in this broader ecosystem. Um, and the other angle uh, is uh, spectrum sharing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we have uh, put in significant effort and have existing projects um, in, in both of those. Um, and <clears throat> um, yeah, these, these companies are interested yeah. uh, in that. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is where things are going. <laughs> yeah, they can't really, especially in the open RAN situation, it's it's a curiosity for some uh, telecom service providers. It's it's a it's a must-have for others. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's seen, it's, it still seems very polarizing. Do you have any thoughts on, <laughs> on open RAN as a, as a technology or, or what, what it sort of unlocks? Yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, I think it depends a little bit on who you talk to, right? The, sure. You, uh, as you said, it's a little polarizing. Um, I, I want to go back to sort of, uh, if, if you think of the way um, networking in general evolved to become broadly defined software-defined networking. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, what's happening with OpenRAN is, is in some sense just a logical progression of that thrust. Right. Um, now, will it in the end 
look exactly like what the uh, ORAN alliances, the architecture look like today. Who knows, right? Yeah. But I, I think it's pretty undeniable if, if you look at the broader networking uh, ecosystem that things have become uh, more softwareized, uh, more right. orchestrated, more automated. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, again, my sense is that this is just kind of pushing into into the RAN yeah. uh, to a large part. I think the other part that that's just really interesting in my mind about um, Open RAN is what I would call the northbound interface, right there. So the the the, the feasibility or the possibility to uh, have third party, and you know, even saying that's like well, some cringe when you say that, but yeah. um, having the ability for applications that are not necessarily standard defined mm -hmm. to impose on an otherwise standardized. Uh, protocol interaction. I mean that that's that is really powerful, right? And and right. I would say even if we don't necessarily know which use cases will win or will make the case, that's a, a powerful capability. That I my intuition is there are there are going to be really interesting use cases for that. Yeah. So it'll it'll definitely have its it, it'll it'll have a uh, a use well beyond academia and oh, re research sure. purposes. We just haven't quite landed on <laughs> what's going to unlock yeah, that. Yeah, and I and I think that's in in some sense natural, right? I mean, it, there's <laughs> there's inertia in in terms of well, if 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 you've been doing a non-open RAN uh, product, where's the interest in not on making it open RAN? There's right. there's not much. Um, uh, but this is, I think, this is just the way technology evolves, right? There's this yeah. push and pull and uh, eventually, good architectures and good solutions survive. Um, so, so yeah. I and I, I'm I'm pretty bullish on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Uh, uh, let's talk about the spectrum side of things. So, how does uh, backing up a little bit? How does a project like Powder um, get access to commercial spectrum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spectrum is a is a big pain point for us. Um, so we have had access to uh, commercial spectrum through, uh, for lack of better terminology, loans from um, uh, commercial organizations. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> that has not lasted uh, or not lasted long enough uh, for, for our purposes. Okay. Um, so uh, we are we are a, an FCC innovation zone that give us a little bit of flexibility in terms of spectrum use. We have a program experimental license that gives us a little bit of flexibility. Uh, but the truth is access to spectrum for uh, outdoor, over the air kind of environments like ours is, is a big challenge. And, mm -hmm. and so our, our focus at the moment is uh, to make use of CBRS. Uh, so I think, you know, the whole, tiered e ecosystem there, um, and the fact that there there is a uh, a general access tier is uh, is playing in 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 our favor, and certainly in in I think enabling innovation. Uh, so you know I, I think that's the way things uh, uh, hopefully will go. Um, but yeah, that that sort of it is a big challenge for us, and and we are um, trying to. Kind of approach this from a where can we get spectrum for reasonable periods of time and then make use of it, right? And, yeah. and 
in saying that, that, that's not a trivial thing because you need to have RF front end that can make use of the spectrum that you have. And this is not something you can just turn on overnight. Um, but we've been sort of developing flexible hardware, uh, modular flexible hardware in, in the RF uh, front end side to, to make use of it uh, when we can get our hands on it, as it were. How, do, how does, um, uh, how do the spectrum owners in the industry right now, you know, the, the uh, the large carriers for the most part, um, how can they help out or how have yeah. they been helping out? Um, I mean, I I think the, the I, I want to sort of go back to the, the notion that uh, spectrum is what it is. It's not getting more. We can't generate right. more <laughs> of it. Yeah. And so the, really the only way to go is to make more efficient use of it, mm. which means uh, I think basically boils down to sharing it, mm -hmm. and the, the the big players might look at this today and they're like, well, you know, we paid our billions and, and we have our spectrum, we're good to go. Right. Uh, I think they realize that this might be in the future, um, mm -hmm. right? Either because they they need more in in certain places, um, or because of the scarcity, there might be. Um, <laughs> mandates that uh, that tell them you need to share because you're not using it efficiently, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in some sense, <clears throat> you could argue this is what exactly what happened with CBRS, right? Is that they had right. this whole chunk of spectrum, and uh, there was no reason why it couldn't be used in in certain, certain part of the parts of the country. So, so, so that's I think. Um, well, you know, maybe a little bit like like Oren. Right? There's some of them that kind of well, I, I guess we should follow this kind of thing. Yeah. And then there are some of uh, some operators were like, well, this this is going to enable my business. Uh, that's why I should be interested. And and so, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how. It's yeah, I feel I, I feel like that's a that that there's a. Um, it's an interesting thing because it is it was kind of a land grab, and then it's like, well, okay, well, what are you doing with that land? Right. And. As we saw in some cases, especially like with a millimeter wave, that some of the stuff that people bought first wasn't commercially uh, helping them that much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so there's always that possibility that somebody's going to overinvest in something, and then what do they do? Right. Um, yeah. And and I think that's a that's another good example, right? I mean, I I think it's really hard at the scale at which these operators do this. To get it just right, yeah. Uh, you know, how do you know? It's a year in advance, five years in advance, right? You don't, right? And so, so I think there is also just in the sense of they might have in some places might have more capacity than they need mm -hmm. uh, or use, um, and in other places they might have scarcity, right? And so, you can you can imagine that sort of becoming a, a mechanism for balancing things out as well, if appropriate sure. sharing mechanisms are in place. Uh, there was an example brought up in your uh, talk today about, um, and I don't know how much you want to get into this, but or, or how much has been done on this, but like with a, like let's say there's a tower and it's being used 80% of the day, but 20% of the day there's just nothing going on. You know, everybody's asleep. Their their right. phones are off or whatever. Yeah. Um, what's what would unlock that uh, that capacity? Uh, what, what kind of what, what kind of innovation could be applied to that, and you know maybe help out the sharing situation a little yeah. bit? Yeah. So and, and I, I think that's a very 
there's been such a build out uh, by providers in terms of you know getting good coverage, and so they have uh, macro cells and they have capacity cells. But yeah, obviously, if, if everyone's asleep in the middle of the night, yeah, <laughs> they're not using that, or certainly they're not using all of it. Right. Um, now the you know for for us from a testbed perspective. Well, we can make use of that anytime, right? Because right. you can yeah. run a test because you automate it, just run it in the middle of the night. So, so that's certainly something that uh, we hope to <laughs> get traction with with, uh, with providers on. That doesn't necessarily translate into a more general uh, spectrum sharing approach, right? Just because a small test bed like ours can make it in the middle of the night doesn't make it into a business proposition. Sure. And so I think, uh, they, they would probably, in the in the more general case, will have to be more general mechanisms, approaches, business cases that uh, would be needed to, to 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 unlock that, as you said. Okay. This uh, my next question relates to testing uh, in, in in a broad scale in 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 the kind of testing that you do here, but uh, but it might take me a second to get there. One of the most popular stories and topics on our site in the last six months was this whole dust up between the airlines and the network operators over 5G, uh, certain bands of 5G. Right. Spectrum story, right? Yeah, it's a spectrum story. <laughs> they were messing with the altimeters or there was a worry that they were going to mess right. with the altimeters of uh, airplanes and that was going to cause navigation issues and, and safety and so on and so forth. You know, can issues like that in the in the future be avoided? Uh, because what 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 occurred to me was neither side of that argument had third party data or or right. research to, to back it up. that showed yeah what their point of view was. Yeah, I mean, I I I would answer that in a sort of a broad, maybe a couple of levels up way. I think there's just a lot of. Um, lack of awareness of mm -hmm. what's going on spectrum-wise. Um, and I think a lot of the the systems around spectrum are really antiquated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right? We're talking about essentially manual systems. Right. Um, and so I think where we're, where we, where we're heading in, in this regard is much more knowing what is going on, right? So there's this concept people talk about as a digital spectrum twin, uh, where uh, through modeling and measurements, you might have a, a, a much better sense of what's actually going on in the spectrum. And then you can at least start to answer some of these uh, questions about uh, interference, uh, is it possible, where can I do right. what? Um, so that's, that's kind of how I think of it is, uh, I mean, we, we come from a, a paradigm, if you will, where, well, you know, I, I got my slice and I didn't care about anyone else. And right. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure no one got in my, get in my slice. Right. Right? And, and that, that paradigm is, I think, changing. Yeah. <laughs> and it requires, to, to change requires awareness um, that, it, that is much more, fine-grained and much more accurate than what we have at the moment. Um, um, yeah, that's that's a reasonable way to put it because I think I think that that like you said, your approach is definitely the that of uh, 
the more the more we know, the better off we are. Right. <laughs> as opposed and right to right now, we don't know that much. Right, as, yeah. opposed, as opposed to everybody just uh, doubling down on their side and their their point of view. Yeah, I mean, I I can give you this anecdote <laughs> because we're here. Sure. And people know we're here. If there's any sort of issue with a radio system, we're the the culprits by default. Right. <laughs> and it might be that it's not really in our area, it's definitely not a space that we're operating in, whatever, right? But And it, it, it comes back to the point, well, you don't see spectrum, right? right. It's, it's not like you can pinpoint <laughs> it. I mean, it's not like even in a, a network where you can do a packet trace and, and see what's going on, right? I right. mean, it's, it's just, it's harder to know. Yeah. Um, so. One of the, um, so I, I guess to, to, to wrap up, um, uh, well, first of all, I want to kind of loosely describe the capabilities here. I'll, I'll try it from my point of view, yeah, and please. maybe you can fill in the gaps, but when when the uh, what it says on the brochure is actually true, there's really, this really is a citywide network. <laughs> there's buses driving around with 5G capability. We've seen the nodes pop up. We've seen, you know, uh, them simulate what a user, you know, a user connection to a 5G core. Uh, the entire thing is software enabled. Uh, there's MIMO antennas, there, so there's, there's uh, you know, you can, uh, to, a, to an extent, replicate densification, uh, in the, the kind that you would find in a city. Of course, there's giant uh, glass and steel buildings everywhere because it's a giant campus. There's mountains in the not too distant, right, right, <laughs> you know, not too far away. Um, so there's all kinds of, uh, and there's of course dozens and dozens or hundreds and hundreds of people with their uh, cell phones and other devices. Right. So it really is uh, a, a living test bed. Um, what kinds of, you, you know, what kinds of things can people in the, you know, who are uh, building and deploying 5G networks hope to accomplish by, you know, getting in touch with, uh, uh, with you and with the folks at the Powder platform? Yeah, and, and that's a, I mean, I feel like the, the answer should be long and broad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it's, uh, 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 one of the difficulties, frankly, uh, we've had is to, to answer that question because mm -hmm. it depends a little bit on what you want to do because sure. there's so many things you can do, right? And yeah. so, um, and, and then there's the, well, are you doing fundamental research or are you a company wanting to test your equipment, right? And, and we cover those as well. Right. Um, so a little bit more on the academic side, because everything is software defined, right down to the physical layer, we have software defined radios, mm -hmm. um, you can do waveform kind of experimentation. Right? We, we had a, a user um, that, that was doing a, <laughs> A better version of of Laura, so to speak, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And and that's a nice example. I, I mean, he uh, developed new physical layer waveforms, and it was more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. So so very low level kind of stuff. Um, but you can sort of move up the food chain a little bit, if 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 you will, and you know maybe you're uh, you're interested in doing uh, intelligence scheduling of the the base station based on some machine learning kind of approach, right? So right. 
so now you're a little you're still sort of in the radio domain but now i i right. take in this 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 other stuff yeah, uh, and, and make a decision based on that thinking about a way to make your network more efficient thinking about right. a way to incorporate certain kinds of automation into the network that sort of thing right or energy efficiency right so, yeah. i mean we we actually supported uh, a really interesting use case in in, in the oran alliance Blockfest that we've been supporting from that and that's actually industry it was not not uh, more it wasn't uh, academia, and then if if you go sort of more into the the core network uh, or the, the the edge network for for uh, for that matter, um, well, there's offloading of um, uh, compute, uh, there's offloading of applications. Um, you know, so so depending on on the thing that you want to do, you would look at what we have a little bit differently, and then just to say a little bit on the on the uh, on the industry side, I mean, uh, we, we've what we see uh, in our interaction with with vendors is they need a place that is realistic, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Where right. Yeah. you have buildings with glass and buses right. going around and. Yeah. Uh, in, in places to to test, right, and and not just to come in and, and test once, right, but they might actually do a test and make a change in their software and say, well, now what does it do? Yeah, right. right? Yeah. And so so that sort of uh, what what we think of what we have is a a real world lab in a mm. sense, right? So that you you to some extent you you can get that repeatability, although you know in a wireless environment repeatability is is, is tricky. Um, but at least you have more or less the same setup, and you can you can repeat your test and see that my that the change that I make uh, improve things or or not. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's a uh, reasonable. I think we can leave it there. Then, uh, uh, folks, if you haven't, uh, if you look at the links in the show notes and you're still not convinced, please just come and see it for yourself. Cobus, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for uh, uh, for for hosting us today and for uh, for uh, spending time. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.